The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green Scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. In the green scene today, how the much-beloved curlew in Ireland is an endangered species. But first, the 10 financial actors who control half of the world's future carbon emissions. To explain it all, we're joined by Dr Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. This is an extraordinary uh, statistic that half of the world's future carbon emissions, whether they're, you know, actually emitted or whether they are curbed, are really controlled by just 10 big financial actors. It is. It's a really important piece of research because, as you say, no matter what we discuss when it comes to climate, fossil fuels are the big issue. And what we do with the fossil fuels that are still in the ground is going to probably have the biggest overall impact on how we manage global warming. And there's a there's a there's a list called the Carbon 100, and this is a list of the 200 largest fossil fuel companies. So combined, all of those companies own 98% of all the known oil and gas and coal that's in the ground. And if that coal was all dug up, it would emit nearly 700 gigatons of carbon. And that's three times as much carbon as we can emit if we're to stay within this target of 1.5 degrees. So those companies have have a huge role to play. But of course, they don't act alone because companies make decisions based on who invests in them. So this is research that was done by people in the University of Waterloo in Canada. So so they wanted to know which financial actors control these fossil fuel producers and could therefore influence what happens. So so they used shareholder data from Bloomberg and they identified over 900 shareholders who each own at least 1% of one of these 200 companies. So then they worked out how much of the potential unburned emissions these potential investors might control. And they also looked at the kind of connectedness of the companies. So this is likely to increase their influence. So if you're an investor that has a lot of shares in many different companies with fossil fuels, obviously you can influence decisions more. Mm. And, And as you say, they found out that really a very small number of companies, the top 10 financial companies, controlled half of the emissions that are still in the ground. Are any of them governments um, and are any of them household names? Well, in fact, they are. The two most influent, two most influential shareholders are asset management firms BlackRock and Vanguard. I think Vanguard recently took over as, as the biggest one. And the government of India is, is the third largest, followed by State Street. Um, and then co- coming up next, we have the, the government of Saudi Arabia, which, which won't surprise people. We, we know there's, there's a lot of oil holdings there. But on the other hand, that's all very concentrated in, in the Saudi reserves. Mm. Whereas these other big companies, as you say, the household names, they have influence kind of across, across the globe. Now, what is, I suppose, perturbing about all of this is that if you're an investor and you've got massive assets which uh, on the face of it are worth a lot of money if they are exploited, if, for example, we get a hold of the carbon debate and we end up going to alternative energies, be it solar, wind, wave, whatever it might be, um, then their asset becomes a diminished asset. So the incentive for them is to get it out of the ground as quickly as possible and coin it. 
Absolutely. And, and when these firms, and again, you know, spokespeople for the firms were, were contacted as part of the work. And I mean, they are talking about sustainability, but, but you're absolutely right. I mean, for them, sustainability is also these assets. And, and I mean, o- often these assets track back to things like people's pension funds. Um, so, you know, they are also concerned about managing the assets for their clients. Um, because as you say, you know, these, these assets could become much, much less valuable in future. Um, but, but it is really our future in the hands of of a relatively small number of people. And I think that's why this work is important, because when it comes to the climate debate, I mean, as we've often discussed, we can all have to do what we can do. And and this really points to the people who have huge amounts of power, but but there will be downsides for people, you know, if these assets become become worthless or valuable, value less. Yeah, indeed. Now, let's talk about the curlew. I mean, it's a a bird that is associated very much with Ireland and much loved. Mm. It is, though, in this country, an endangered species. Unfortunately, as you say, the curlew, this beautiful, it's the largest European wading bird. It has this big, long, curved beak that curves downwards and this beautiful call that would have been very familiar to people. Um, it lives on wetlands and spends a lot of its time digging down to pick out little crabs and worms. And amazingly, because its beak is so long, it's almost like a tweezers. It digs down and it can find things, but it also is very delicate. I mean, it, it could it could break. So it's like, you know, the bird, rather than digging down in the soil to eat, it can flick a a worm or something up into the air and almost catch it. It's like catching something with chopsticks. So an amazing bird. But but as you say, they, they are very endangered. Um, research from uh, the National Parks and Wildlife Service reports that we could have as few as only 105 pairs of these birds left. And to give you a sense of how quickly they've declined, back in the 1980s, we had over 5,000 pairs of curlews. So they really have become a rarity. You know, if you see a curlew today, you're, you're very lucky. Now, um, I know that uh, you are aware that they used to eat the curlew. Uh, King James I um, used to have it regularly for his lunch or his dinner. And that was so until 1942, when you could still buy curlews in UK butchers. They've stopped all that, I presume. But why are they in decline? What's happening to their habitat? Well, as you say, it's it's not because people are eating them anymore. So, so really, I mean, again, like every story that we come back to, it is it is human activity. I mean, agriculture is a big factor in the decline of birds because the production of food for all of us, you know, takes up land and space. You know, it, it degrades habitat. You know, there are the issues around using, you know, pesticides, um, using rat poisons. All of these things kind of make the landscape more inhospitable for birds and, and particularly waterways are having an impact on curlews. Um, but again, as we've discussed, we're seeing this everywhere with our birds. It's, it's not just our wading birds. It, it's our forest-based birds. It's our seabirds. And of course, last year, um, we also had bird flu. Uh, and again, as with us with COVID, when a pandemic like that goes through birds, we, we've had an awful lot of stress yeah. in our populations uh, in Ireland. Yeah. And, and finally, we know the analogy of the canary in the coal mine, that uh, the, the canary would perish uh, to alert the miners that their air quality had diminished to the point, you better get out of here. Um, but birds and their decline tell us something about the planet. They do. I mean, birds are exactly 
exactly that. They're kind of a cornerstone species. And we, when we see them not doing well, it's like when we see top predators not doing well, we know the state of the ecosystem is very poor because birds do a lot of important jobs. They disperse seeds, they act as nutrient transfers, you know, vultures clean up waste on the plains. So when they're not doing well, it tells us that the rest of the ecosystem isn't working well. And we've already lost um, around 200 species that we know of in the last 500 years and one in eight are extinct today. So keeping an eye on the birds and, and doing our best to protect where they breed, where they feed, where they travel, uh, will be a good way for us to, to have broader protections for the environment around us. Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Uh, thank you very much. Green Scene on the Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.